to the Pondering Theologian podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. In today's episode, I want to share a pondering moment I had this uh, morning. I was reflecting on a time in my life when I believed in the need to constantly be vigilant for someone who might physically attack me. Um, And I would need to spring like a ninja to defend myself and do violent battle to survive the day. Which sounds a bit, you know, uh, right imaginative, maybe a bit juvenile. However, it is quite common, a conversation amongst adults today. At least everywhere I have lived, which is from the Midwest to the lower East Coast of the United States. And in each of these places, there have been conversations that I've had in person about needing to carry weapons and practice with them or be trained in hand-to-hand combat and and, and so on. And it's not just the places I've lived, but the whole of the United States and throughout the Western world and other places within the world. Uh, And I myself, again, lived with that idea for quite a number of years. And sometimes I laugh at the hours I spent learning different martial arts and such, and um, having not used any of it outside of those sterile environments. Interestingly enough to me, in retrospect, and even thinking about the state of the American church or the Western church today, and again, not just those, that specific, we'll just say the world, because it's common enough in lots of places. You know, I... I have a book on my home currently. It's a, a fantasy Christian series that I remember ge- uh, receiving from someone that essentially is a, a Christian mercenary series in which the characters, this, this team, go in the name of God to save people or break down oppressions with military weapons and explosives, like a, a Christian Rambo series or you know a Chuck Norris missing an action film sort of thing. It's just a wee bit absurd thinking about it. Um, But thinking of the real world outside of that, I I have worked in churches where we have had to ask people not to carry their firearms to worship services or to youth events or community events in the name of the church. Um, And there is more to be said there, but we can revisit that another time. But I, I want to ponder for a few minutes this idea of having to use violence to defend or reach the end goals of the Christian faith. This idea is especially close to the hearts of Christian nationalists here in America, but also, again, throughout the West, uh, it pops up. You know, consider Hitler was Christian and was endorsed by parts of the church. But throughout the world, there's also the Crusades, the gunpowder plot of 1905, the pogroms, uh, which is uh, parts of the Orthodox Church in Romania in the 30s, the Ku Klux Klan, the Lord's Resistance Army, uh, think of individuals, Anders Bering Brivik's attacks, Peter James Knight, Eric Robert Rudolph. You know, today you might think of QAnon, and, and the list could go on and on longer and longer. And I mean, there's 
this is such a thing that there's a handbook by the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime that is all about children that are recruited and exploited by terrorists and violent groups, of which it talks about profiling eligible children by religious affiliations. That is not just the stereotypical religions that wrongfully are attributed to violent groups. That is many religions, of which Christianity holds a, a high position. And the point of all this is not to pick on those of us that are Christian. It is to point out that Christianity is not synonymous with love. And Jesus Christ, as in the most part of Jesus' life, uh, it, it, it's associated with violence. I mean, consider that it is, it's getting better, could argue. Uh, but Christian and Muslim relations in our world, it, it's still not good. It's getting better, but there are plenty of places in the world where Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, and countless, countless indigenous communities, um, amongst others, are skeptical of Christians and vice versa. Some, and uh, sometimes large groups within Christianity, have a problematic attachment to violence. Which, interestingly enough, just does not fit with the Bible. And I, and I do mean cover to cover, does not fit with the Bible. As I mentioned earlier, there is this belief that we need to defend ourselves from a someday threat. Which does not, first of all, fit with Jesus' example. Who is, aside from that one instance of clearing out a holy place of unholy activity, which was not physically harmful to anyone, was not a violent person, but did not have violent ministry. Considering that Jesus told the one-armed person at his arrest to put that thing away. Matthew 26, 52-54 reads, Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to God, my Father, and he will not send more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so? And, it, I don't know, it, it's, it's strange, right? I mean, what seems humorous to some... Uh, like here in the uh, the U.S., Colorado Representative uh, Lauren Boebert um, here in the U.S. made the comment last year on Twitter. A lot of little Twitter trolls like to say, oh, Jesus didn't need an AR-15. How many AR-15s do you think Jesus would have had? Well, he didn't have enough to keep his, keep his government from killing him. And sadly, this is a hard belief that many here in the U.S., and why I've had conversations with people who have more advanced weapons than AR-15s, uh, who think that they need to defend their family in the last days until Jesus comes. The reality is that the Bible is not an advocate of, violent, of, of a violent stance going through life. I mean, just listen to these verses. Psalm 11.5, The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Proverbs 3.31, do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. Isaiah 60.18, violence shall no more be heard in their land. Devastation or destruction within your borders, you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. 
Titus 3.2, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. Talking about people that should be, uh, or qualities that should be considered for people in office of the church. In 1 Timothy, it says, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, but a lover, not a lover of money. Hebrews 10.30, for we know he who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge the Lord's people. Romans 14.10-13, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Jeremiah 22.3, Thus says the Lord, Do justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor he who has been robbed and do no wrong or violence to the resident alien, the fatherless, the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. In Hosea 4.2, There is only cursing, lying, and murder stealing and adultery they break all bonds and bloodshed follows bloodshed and there are more <laughs> throughout the whole bible but i think those are enough that you can see the point that i'm going for here and this episode is not to say that you shouldn't have guns or a slingshot or things that you can use for hunting or in in my case carry a pocket knife which is a tool i use every day it is to ask us to think what are these motivations for having them because violence, whatever the use of it is, is not something the Bible is promoting. Even the idea of self-defense is not in line with Jesus' teachings. If you are a Christian, Jesus is the whole reason you are a Christian. So his words are top of the list. Which, side note, if you're a Christian and you don't think Jesus is one of the key uh, keys of everything we do in the Christian faith, Reevaluate if you shouldn't move to a different religion. I, I digress. Jesus says in Matthew 5, starting in verse 38, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For God makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I know that I use Genesis 1.27 a lot, which says that all are made in the image of God. I do believe... But the fact we as humans don't believe that, or that I, well, I should say, I do believe that 
it is a fact that we as humans don't always fully believe that, and and good parts of the world don't necessarily fully believe that, and it is in part why we can justify violence towards others. This is a key important point, though, to consider in our lives, and it even comes up later again in Genesis six as it prepares for the flood story. It says, "And your lifeblood I will require a reckoning from every beast." I will require it from man, for his fellow man. I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in His own image. In the start of the Bible, here it is: pre Ten Commandments, where it says, "Do not kill," and in the Ten Commandments it says, "Do not kill," not "Do not murder," by the way, but "Do not." Kill, period. But pre Ten Commandments, I require a reckoning for, for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man by another man, shall his blood be shed. If you kill someone, if you are violent towards someone, the satisfaction of that is your own self to have violence happen. Sounds sort of like Matthew twenty six fifty two, where Jesus tells Peter to put that sword away, which would have been the assault weapon of the day, FYI. Jesus said, "For those who live by the sword, die by the sword. For those who live violently, promote violence, die by it." Romans chapter six ends by saying, "The wages of sin is death." I would reckon that looking. At the verses I've mentioned here and the others throughout the rest of the Bible, that violence is in itself a sin, and there is more that could be said here. I'm sure this will come up or be visited in another episode, but I want to end it here for now. And I'm curious, what are your thoughts on violence, the preparation for it, the practice of it, the glorifying of it? In your life, what is your experience? What is your thoughts on it? I know that this podcast has listeners from nine different countries around the world and multiple continents, so I would be curious to hear your experiences with with violence and how it's talked about wherever you are, and how you understand that via the Bible, or how do you rectify it through the Bible, through this thing that is. The written word of God, this thing that is important to the Christian faith. Again,、um, down in the show notes is all the contact for the podcast. You can reach out by email, social media, go over to the website.、Um, several different ways. I would love to hear from you and to get your perspective, your thoughts on this. And would you like another episode about this? As always, I hope that you are doing well. Know that God loves you, all of you, every part of you. God loves you, and there is nothing that you or anyone else can do about it. We'll see you in the next episode.